Well, hello there. My name is Matt Edmondson and welcome to What's the Story, a podcast where we hear stories about faith and courage from everyday people. And today that is going to be the beautiful, the amazing, the all-round awesome person that is Annie Udin about what it's like to deal with cancer, the big C. What's that actually like from a Christian viewpoint? Now, this episode is brought to you by Crowd Church, which is an online church. Now, you know as well as I do, not everyone can get into a church building, and it might not be a place that actually everybody wants to go to for whatever reason. And this is where online church works really well. It is super accessible. It is a safe space to explore the Christian faith. It's a good place to come along and meet people from around the world. And the thing that I love about Crowd is it is online first. Uh, meaning that we talk with you, not just at you. You can join in the conversation at any time during the live stream, ask your questions, share your stories. So regardless of where you are on your faith journey, it's definitely worth checking out. Just head over to www.crowd.church or if you've got any questions, just email me directly at matt at crowd.church. I'll be happy to answer them if I can, of course. Uh, <laughs> now, before I get into today's conversation with Annie, let me give you uh, a few links that I think are worth checking out on our website, www.crowd.church. The first one is, who encourages you to do stuff that scares you? And the reason I mention that is, uh, Annie and her husband, Tony, are such good friends of mine, such encouraging people, the most inspiring people in some respects that I know, amazing people to be around, and they would definitely encourage me to do stuff that scares me. Uh, so do check that out. And whilst you're there, also check out the live stream, What Does the Bible Say About Cancer? Now that live stream, What Does the Bible Say About Cancer? In effect, is a condensed version of the story from Annie that you are about to hear, okay? So I recorded this conversation with Annie long before What's the Story was was an idea in my head, uh, if that makes sense. So uh, what I wanted to do in this episode uh, was to play the full interview with Annie, because we could only share about 20 minutes in the live stream, but there's a full episode of stories and stuff behind it that are definitely worth listening to. And if you listen to this and you want to know more about how she dealt with cancer um, and more about maybe what the Bible has to say about it or Christian response to it, check out the live stream. Uh, that is recorded on the website, What Does the Bible Say About Cancer?, where I, along with Chris and Sue Holcomb, talk about this whole topic. And Chris and Sue Holcomb are in the medical field of cancer, so they bring that whole aspect to it as well. And it was phenomenal. So do check that out. Definitely worth watching. Now, let's get into this. Uh, Annie, what can I say about Annie? She's, she's awesome. Uh, she's originally from Germany. She now lives with Tony in London, and Tony is the pastor of Tower Hamlets Community Church. Uh, Annie, like I say, has been on Crowd Church, as has Tony. He's hosted a few times. He's spoken a few times. Uh, so he's he's a legend. Uh, Annie's a legend. Just amazing, amazing people. Can't say enough about them. That is fantastic. Anyway. Uh, Annie works for London City Mission. Uh, she works with the homeless and marginalised through housing projects and night shelters. She is just phenomenal and inspiring. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Annie. Annie, thank you for joining us. Uh, this, is, this is quite new, doing this kind of interview type thing for 
uh, crowd. So it's great that you're here. And it's your first time, isn't it, with us yes, here on Crowdchurch? Yes, it's a real pleasure to be here. Thank you, Matt. No, no, no. Now, full disclosure, we've been friends for many a year. Uh, we've we've known each other for a fair old, <laughs> fair old amount of time. Um, and so... We came up with this, uh, you know, we had this topic come up, uh, what does the Bible say about cancer? And I thought, well, who better talk to about this than you uh, for reasons which will become obvious as we go through this? So I'm, I'm super, I, I mean, I know a little bit of the story um, and I just, I, I kind of begin to tell you how inspired I am by you and Tony and how you dealt with this whole episode uh, in life, which is why I think it's so great to have you here. So, yeah, fanboy out. That's what I'm saying. Um, so let's let's rewind uh, back in time. When, if we can, let's just dive straight into the cancer. When were you um, when were you diagnosed with cancer? It was in uh, 2008. Um, no, yes. Quite a number of years ago now, um, thank God, I'm still here, <laughs> and uh, I'm well now, but it was in 2008 in January. And do you remember what happened? Yeah, I do, of course. Um, on a Monday morning, which is normally the day off uh, with Tony, because Tony is a pastor, obviously, uh, so Monday is our only day off, and uh, I was working as a chaplain in HMP Holloway at the time. Um, which is a or was a female prison, and yeah, that Monday morning I woke up, everything was fine, was looking forward to my wonderful day off uh when I noticed a lump on my breast and and I thought this this wasn't there yesterday uh i it I, yeah, it was just a total surprise wow. um yeah, and then uh, then we went to uh, to uh, show Tony. Tony thought, yeah, we need to go to the GP. Um, we went. He confirmed that there's definitely a lump and um, sent us to, well, uh, referred us to the Barts Cancer Center, mm. um, and that was a few days later actually that I was uh, able to be seen but on that very day on that Monday evening I was praying and I was, I was, I was quite, obviously I was quite shocked uh, to have found a lump at that point in time I didn't know you know was it cancer what was it yeah um, but I prayed and I really felt such a sense of God in that moment okay. um, and and I felt that God was saying to me, uh, not with an audible voice or anything like that, but just that inner sense of uh, knowing uh, what is to come. So, um, it, and what what I felt God say was um, that it is cancer and that it had spread and that I would have to go through treatment, um, that he wouldn't just miraculously heal me. So those were the things um, that I felt God speak to me. And that was on the Monday night? That was all on a Monday night. That was, that was one heck of a Monday. Jeez. It was uh, not my best day off, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> so, no kidding. Uh, Jeez. Sorry? No kidding. I mean, that's, yeah. uh, that's quite... So how did you... I mean, you go from finding a lump in the morning, which you said wasn't there the day before. Was it that rapid? Was it, was it actually... Uh, well, it must have been there, obviously, but I had never noticed it before. Right. Um, you know, it just, it, it, there was just something that bothered me on that 
day and yeah. and that's how I noticed it you know so there was no warning I wasn't feeling unwell I felt absolutely fine uh it was just suddenly that uh that I noticed something that I hadn't noticed before that wow so at the end of the day you're praying right um and I, I know a lot of people who watch the uh, watch the live stream with us may have never been to church before and, and and so praying is obviously I mean people know what praying is in some respects is where you're talking to God right you're just going God what is going on here yeah. and you sense God talk back to you which um, I mean this is a, a whole separate topic you know how, what does the Bible say about God talking to us because that would be a, we'll get into that at some point because that's just really interesting so I'm, I'm really fascinated to know what your what your mindset was like at the end of the day where you, after you felt God say to you, you, you have got cancer, it has spread and you're going to need treatment. I mean, there are three radical things that, you know, that God speaks. Um, where are you at Monday night when you, when you sense this? Um, it's, well, obviously I was, I was completely confused in some ways. Um, and at the same time, I, I did feel that it was, I wasn't out of control um, so I wasn't totally devastated. I was obviously in shock, um, but just that reassurance that almost um, that that conversation, that prayer with God, that that I wasn't alone, that God knew exactly what was going on. And that mm. that reassured me intensely um, and and just kind of. Uh, you know, the Bible says that Jesus uh, is also called Emmanuel, God with us. Mm. And and that was a, a real sense there that, uh, that I wasn't going to be alone, that he mm. would walk alongside me through this process. Um, and and no guarantee at this point of what the outcome might be. So there wasn't uh, any sense of, yes, and I will eventually be well again. Um, mm. I didn't know that at that stage at all. So I was in, in a lot of turmoil emotionally at this point. Uh, and particularly Tony. I mean, Tony was like, no, have faith, you know. <laughs> so, then I can imagine you... <laughs> the conversation. I, I genuinely can. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was... Monday. So did you tell Tony on Monday night what you felt God had said to you? Yes, I did. And and that's why, I mean, his response was, uh, well, let's not jump ahead of ourselves and, you know, let's just get the results first, not pre preempt kind of things, which is good advice. Um, yeah. But I wasn't, I wasn't panicking or anything like that. I was obviously, uh, yeah, I was stunned, but I wasn't yeah. panicking. Um, and then on the Thursday, when we went to the hospital, they did all the tests. I had the mammogram, I had scans, I had a biopsy. And by the end of Thursday, I knew I had cancer. I knew it had spread. They'd given, I, they'd given you that diagnosis? They, they gave me that diagnosis really rapidly because they found uh, cells in the biopsy. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, within the space of four days, your life has turned upside down quite a bit. Um, yeah. And so you were diagnosed with cancer. It was breast cancer. Yeah. Um, mm. And uh, you mentioned earlier that you're well now. Um, and so obviously there's a story which we're going to dig into a little bit here. Sure. Um, the thing that I like what you said there was that you were confused, but you knew it wasn't out of control, as in you were confused, you're in turmoil. Um, this thing is, 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 is heavy duty, but you, you sense that God was with you and it wasn't out of control. Is that a is that a fair reflection? Yes, I think that's right. 
And is that, was that something you kind of had to fight for? Or was that something that was, how can I word this? Was that something that just happened to be the way it was? You'd, you'd been a Christian a while. You kind of, you you knew how to pray. You knew how to talk to God. And so this was kind of, can I put it this way? This was your training, uh, you know, sort of coming to fruition, as it were. <laughs> or was it? Was this something you thought, no, I've, I've got to fight for this um, way of yes. thinking? It, it definitely, uh, it didn't come just, you know, at ease. And mm. I did pray a lot. And I read the Bible that that night and, and different passages and and you know yes it was something to to come to um you know after really searching myself and and also thinking i i had so many different plans you know and i thought god had these plans for my life and suddenly mm. it, it was interrupted that the you know the plans we had were completely interrupted so so yes it, it you know it wasn't uh it it didn't just come it was a lot of prayer and it was uh really searching the word of god as well mm. um as well as sharing it uh with tony and then you know obviously uh, obviously it's a journey it's not every day that you feel the same every day mm. you can feel 20 different feelings you know <laughs> uh, sometimes you feel good and you know you know everything's okay and then the next moment you think am i going to you know, am I going to be alive in three weeks' time? How long have I mm. got? Uh, and that's very, very difficult to handle, that not knowing what to prepare for. And I think that that was, at that stage, the hardest part was I didn't know was it going to be terminal cancer or was it going to be treatable to the point of being well again? Mm -hmm. uh, and that aspect was the hardest part to, to really know. We had planned a holiday that had to be cancelled. Uh, my, my parents and my family live in Germany that, you know, they couldn't come. They were too old at that point. My mum later on came, but only for a very brief time. So I had mm. no support, uh, uh, like from family in that sense. Um, so I wanted to make sure that uh, I, I see them at some point, but I need to go through so many tests first. And uh, eventually I went to Germany just to see um, my parents, the the house and, and Germany just, um, and at that point I didn't have all the results back. So I didn't know how far it had spread mm. and whether it was stage four, um, which would mean terminal. And uh, so, so that was a really strange thing to think, is this the last time that I will see my parents? Is this the last time and I'm going to be in this room, in this house? That was very, very odd. And yeah, super difficult really that sounds i mean i mean how did you i mean i i remember talking to tony about this um uh how did you come to terms with the idea that actually life could be cut a lot shorter than you'd expected it to yeah come into terms with the whole idea of dying young I, I mean, I'm not sure if I ever came to terms with it because mm. obviously I was still waiting for news of what um, what the results of the tests were. But uh, at some point I, I came to the conclusion whether I die or whether I live, you know, I want to live for God 
or mm-hmm. I want to, you know, I want to, yeah, I want to follow Jesus to the best of my ability, whether that is, you know, living well for a short time or for a long time and um, here on earth. Um, I think that the, what really uh, helps me or helped me was just to know that, you know, if I die, that's not the end. Yeah. You know, there is there is um, a heaven to be gained. And, you know, um, it says that we die once and then the judgment and, you know, but then uh, Jesus is uh, is alive, you know, and he he um, he gives us another um, another chance. He, he he saves us from the second death. And mm. I mean, that's a complicated uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Logical <laughs> thing, but I, I just, uh, I just love uh, the fact that I know, you know, mm. Jesus, um, Jesus is there. You know, on the other side of of death, for me as a Christian, yeah. Jesus is going to be there, waiting for me, and that that's my comfort, and that was wow. my comfort then. So, I mean, that's amazing, and and, and that's actually, what, I mean, we call the Christian faith a hope. Don't we? And that's the hope that we have, that actually the death's not the end. It's just a doorway to another another yes. portion of time somewhere else. Um, how did the conversation go with your parents then when you were in Germany and you, you didn't know if you were ever going to go back? To be honest, I'd, it's hard to remember, really, because mm. I mean, the conversations were already ongoing before I went. And by the time I went, it was just. Yeah, we we kind of related as always. You know, there wasn't uh, a major shift in how we we talked a little bit about the cancer and what might be coming and how to deal with all of those things. But there isn't something. Uh, there wasn't wasn't any get goodbyes or anything dramatic like that. Um, yeah, just kind of a really normal life in some mm-hmm. ways. You know, we we obviously. My parents are Christians or were Christians, and so we um, we prayed together as well, but but not specifically a lot. <laughs> you know, it was a, it wasn't uh, all that different than to other visits. Mm-hmm. It was just in my mind, it was so different. Yeah, no, that's fair play. That's fair. Jeez. So, how long was it? I mean, you you you've gone in. You've you've been diagnosed. You don't know if it's terminal. You don't know if it can be cured with treatment. How long was that waiting? period of time i think it might have been about three three weeks or something like that three four weeks um and then very shortly after that i started chemotherapy Mm -hmm. and uh, that was another journey because obviously there's a lot of identity things that then uh start to kick up but um but yeah it was three or four weeks and then it was clear that it wasn't terminal but stage three so cancer that had spread but yeah. uh, it was um, it was treatable and potentially healable it 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 was amazing um, because I just thought okay this is it's going to be difficult it's hard but you know at least there is hope um, that you know that I will have a few more years um, it depends how the the treatment or how I would respond to the treatment, but, but it was definitely a, a great relief. Yeah. Uh, felt, yeah, it was, it was a bit like a ton of bricks falling off my shoulders. Yeah. yeah. I can imagine. I mean, and this, ta- this sort of goes back to that 
whole first night you were praying where you felt God say, mm. it is cancer, it has spread, and you are going to need treatment to get out of this. Yes, in some ways, you know, you 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 believe these things, and you hear you 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 may have a sense of God in uh, at one point, and then you know, I don't know, life takes over, and and there's a lot of doubts and mm-hmm. difficulties, and because you don't have results back, there's still that sense: Have I really understood this right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, have I really heard God, or am I making this up myself? <laughs> but I, I did have an inner sense that I did. Mm. But, you know, you just don't know, do you? No. I mean, you know, we are human and we have uh, a lot of wishful thinking, too. So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You mentioned, Annie, thing. that when you found out you were going to have to do chemo, um, that uh, there was a whole lot of identity things tied up in that. What did you mean by that statement? Well, because, I mean, obviously... Um, the side effects of chemotherapy um, were to lose all one's hair. Um, That's a very British way to say it, to lose all of one's hair. It is. Yeah, you're definitely British now, Annie, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not just, uh, you know, my, my hair here. <laughs> it's the eyebrows, it's the eyelashes, yeah. it's all bodily hair. Yeah which uh, is just such a, a weird thing. In initial stages, you still have the eyebrows with this particular chemo, and that's okay. But then when they go, then and the eyelashes, it you just look so different. Mm. And it cannot, you know, it, it's quite, uh, makeup can't make up for it. Mm. <laughs> because, you know, it, it helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, it's... It's just very difficult killed. You know, when you're when you're sweating, the the sweat runs right into the eyes. Mm. It's it's those kind of things mm. that it's just it's just hard. It's difficult to explain if one hasn't experienced that. Yeah. But um, but yeah, having no hair obviously is a huge thing for anyone. Mm. But I think for women particularly, uh, extremely difficult to face. Yeah. Um, and you know, and and having a husband who sees you in, you know, when, when you've got the wig on or when you don't, um, that was, was, I I didn't know quite what to make of it. It was really difficult as the hair fell Mm -hmm. out. Um, you know, it's it's such a shocking thing. And it actually happened much quicker than I thought it would Mm -hmm. happen. And, um, yeah, and I, I was really blessed to have uh, someone, uh, a really fantastic friend of mine, um, who who did something amazing. So she lived in New Zealand and decided to, um, is from Britain, but decided with her husband to come for a year to support me mm. during the, this treatment. Um, so they, they stayed uh, initially with us and then close by, and she helped me go wig shopping. And... Um, and you know that might sound very traumatic, and it was in some ways. But actually, it was it was such a good thing to yeah. do with someone else. Super helpful, and uh, of course, I made her wear all the wigs <laughs> that I no, tried on. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, sure there was much actually, hilarity. Yes. Sorry. There was much hilarity. I'm sure. There was, and and in some ways that really helped me mm. because I I mean I know it's not for everyone. 
people react very differently. Some don't want wigs, some want only hats or scarves or, or just don't want to talk about these things. But for me personally, it was really helpful to have someone with me mm. um, and to to kind of have fun in that moment. That was before the hair came out. And, and it was something that helped me prepare for that time when it would mm-hmm. be gone. Um, so, yeah, that was helpful. And were there any other side effects of your treatment? Yeah, uh, I had, uh, in the, the, with the chemo, I had a lot of pain mm-hmm. uh, in the last stage uh, of the chemotherapy, a lot of pain. Then during my surgery, uh, I had a complication, which uh, was actually a very, very serious complication. Um, it, I was a, ca- it was a case study in the end, so I was losing a lot of lymph fluid. Um, uh, like, yeah, it's not nice to talk about, but far more than um, every day, far mm-hmm. more than someone else who, who, who would, after 10 days, be finished with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they would, after 10 days, have not lost as much fluids as mm-hmm. I did in one day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, yeah, it was a very serious complication where the lymph duct had been severed and I needed to uh, have... Um, surgery to have that repaired and I think you actually came and visited me Matt in hospital after that surgery Mm. and um, yeah I didn't look my best I believe (laughs) neither did I Annie to be fair yeah it was um, yeah I was very unwell when Mm. you came and visited me and uh, it was probably my lowest period of time Mm. because I'd been already in hospital for such a long time um and this complication just totally threw me. My body was so weak. Um, and I was in agony, mm. in absolute agony for a long time. Um, and it was quite life-threatening in mm. the end because that surgery didn't, didn't go well. Mm. But again, then, you know, they wanted to do further exploratory um, surgery and but God intervened at that point, and and I really prayed with my sister-in-law. She also came down to um, to London. She's also from Liverpool. Mm-hmm. She's been on crowd, Sue. Everybody knows Sue. And, sorry. Everybody knows Sue. She's been on crowd. Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay, yeah. So Sue, my sister-in-law, she's wonderful. Um, yeah, she came down and she said, "Oh, so Annie, what do you think God is saying?" <laughs> And I said, I don't know. I don't know what God is saying. I just know he needs to do something, <laughs> you know. All I know is he needs to intervene mm-hmm. um, because my third surgery was uh, scheduled for the day after. And the uh, surgeon had just told me, this is it. You're, you're going to have to have another one. And I, I pleaded with him at that point And he said, no, you have to have another one. And... Um, and so I said to to Sue, Sue, I can't. I just cannot have another one. Mm. And uh, so we prayed and um, and prayed and asked God to intervene to spare me from from that. And shortly after, as we came uh, back onto the board, we walked uh, onto like a kind of balcony um, that was attached to the ward, and um, and the surgeon came past and said, we changed our mind. We'll give you more time uh, to recover and stay on this. I was on a specific diet to help with mm. the lymph flow. And from that day onwards, the, the amount of fluid I lost 
dropped off so significantly mm-hmm. and every day it got better and actually I never needed that which that is last surgery yeah so God was amazing so I mean it's interesting when I just sort of your, your story is you you find out you have breast cancer you go it's treatable you take the treatment uh there are some complications with that treatment hair loss and all that sort of stuff and and then right at the end, there's this other twist, isn't there, which then catapults it to a whole new level of disaster that's going on um, with the surgery that caused the, the problem with the lymph nodes, um, which causes pain and et cetera, et cetera. And so it, it feels like life has gone from very bad to to really, really bad. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of it's, it's now yeah. taken an, another turn. Um What then happens? At what point do things start to, to improve? Do they improve after you and Sue prayed? And then it, it was also that same weekend. I, I was I think I was at my lowest point um, as, you know, after I'd um, had the surgery a few days after that. And, you know, they had put me on this specific diet, which, uh, yeah, it's complicated to explain. But anyway, uh, it ha- hadn't had any effect, effect at that point. And, um, I was really low. I thought this, this might be the end. Mm. And, uh, nobody seemed to be able to help, be able to help beyond, you know, mm. suggesting further, further surgery. And I was very, worried about that surgery because I actually thought, I don't know if I can cope with another, if my body can cope with another surgery. Um, and Tony, I think had given up on, on me in some ways as well, obviously not totally, Mm. but, um, but the church also that weekend was praying and fasting, not just for me, but there were a lot of people around, Mm. uh, the church as well as across the world, friends that we have, that were praying specifically for me. And then Sue came. And so I think it was a combination of, of just, um, yeah, God's mercy, mm. uh, in a situation where we, so many people had cried out for mercy and compassion on me that, um, I believe God answered that. Mm. And, um, yeah, I think, I think that was a turning point. Mm. Um, and it could have gone the other way. Um, but God had mercy and, you know, for some people it doesn't go the other way like, like it did for me, you know. Uh, I, I was blessed that I, I, um, I came out mm. with scars, but I'm alive today, but others not necessarily. And it could have gone that way for me too, but, but God had mercy. Mm. Why? I don't know, but we did pray and he did answer. So, that's all I can say to that, really. It's like God still had plans that weren't quite finished yet, and yes, uh, they they needed right. to be to be resolved. The main one keeping your husband in check, probably. Um, <laughs> I do believe that might have something to do with it. I am absolutely convinced. I'm not going to lie. Um, so yeah, this whole process, Annie. I mean, we we were friends before the cancer. We've been friends since the cancer. It's one of those things, isn't it? When you're when you're sort of going through life, you have an experience or an expectation of God. You have an understanding of God and, and a kind of theory as to how your life's going to progress in some way. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And then you're hit smack in the face, like, you know, like a train has just come and walloped you um, sideways. Um, and you realize, actually, 
it's not quite like you said at the start, you know, it's not quite as you as you planned it. Did that challenge your faith? Did that rock your faith um, in Christ during that time? Not really. Uh, it's quite interesting that it didn't, um, because I think I've had some other crises before in my life. Mm. They rocked my faith a bit more uh, in, a, in, a, in a sense that I had to really wrestle with God, mm -hmm. you know, why me? But this, this situation um, with the cancer didn't. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't, in terms of it didn't um, undermine my faith. It didn't make me doubt God. Mm. In fact, there were so many situations where I just saw God's hand in my life. I mean, the day I went to the, my first chemo treatment, my friend Becky came with me. and, and I, This is Becky I that went so, week shopping, it's, Becky. Yes, the one yeah. I went week shopping with. And and I had such a joy in my heart that I couldn't mm. explain. That was so weird. Um, and just the, and an excitement in that sense, what good God might do mm. through all of this. Um, and it was just so unnatural, mm. just not something that you would, would ever feel normally. And so, so I do, I, I can only testify that God, was truly with me that mm. there was a, I wasn't walking that walk alone. Mm. I had obviously my friends, I had f uh, my husband and my family from afar supporting me. Um, but you know, God being there was, was the biggest mm. support and, and not just in terms of just having a feeling, but, but also, you know, throughout those weeks and months, um, you know, there were lots of scriptures, lots of Bible verses that really helped me. Um, and, uh, and I wouldn't say it was one specific verse that mm -hmm. really, that was the formula that got me through <laughs> it. But actually, so many Bible verses, mm. so many passages mm. and reading the Bible regularly every morning. And, and, you know, so I love the Psalms. So I would read a number of Psalms, uh, a, one chapter in Proverbs and then different passages from mm. the New Testament, the Old Testament and different things spoke to me and, and kind of encouraged me mm. at different times. Um, so, so yeah, that, that really helped me and, that that's I think the reason why I didn't feel that it rocked my faith or mm. undermined it in any in any way. It it strengthened my faith. That's a really interesting point, isn't it? That it strengthened your faith. And and one of the things that I've said to people over the years about you and Tony. I, I mean, I've said many things about Tony over the years, but let, we won't go there. Um, but, <laughs> no, no. One of the things that I've said about you and Tony to many people is. You two, I mean, you specifically, and obviously Tony with you as your husband, went through this horrendous time. And you, and, and this is just me, you know, a friend from the outside looking in. And I, I look at it and go, you've gone through something that I, I pray that most people don't have to go through mm. because it was horrific. And yet throughout that whole thing, you both come out sweeter and more lovely and more humble and more gracious and just more trusting in God than 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 before, and it, I think it's quite. It's, I use the word inspiring. I don't use the word inspiring a lot. I think it is very inspirational the way that you guys have dealt with it and, and sort of come through. So, if you were to 
I mean, you've you've been well now for a number of years, right? Um, how how long have you been clear of of cancer? Um, since two thousand, well, two thousand and ten was my last treatment in mm. that sense. Um, but it it took four years before they give you, you know, before I yeah. was uh, no longer under the oncology department. And how long was it before the pain stopped from the 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 lymph problem? I sometimes still have pain. Okay. Um, so, but it's not. It's not something from the cancer. It's some mm. of the side effects from the surgeries, mm. and and just the the fact that my bones are not quite what they were. <laughs> age catches up with all of us. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but there is, uh, you know, there is uh, there is still some pain mm. sometimes. Yeah. So, looking back, then, um, you know, over the sort of the last uh, eight to ten years. What did you What did you learn in this whole process about your about God? Do you know what I mean? From a Christian point of view, what What are some of the big takeaways that you you've you've sort of gleaned? Mm. Oh, I think probably a lot. Um, just how important Christian community is. Mm-hmm. Um, that we need others. Uh, we can't do this this kind of life without without brothers and sisters or. Christian friends who pray, who are there uh, when we need a meal or need someone to go to to uh, an appointment or things mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah, we're just you know we're interdependent. I think that's mm-hmm. one big lesson that we need uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, the fact I, I think you know God is merciful. Mm-hmm. God is merciful, that he's a, a God who has compassion on us, whether we've done right or wrong. You know, God is a God who has mercy on us if we call on him. Mm-hmm. And that that's something that um, that's one of the big lessons. You know, I've, I've done lots of things wrong and I've not always had the right attitude. And, you know, nevertheless, God has shown me mercy over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Um, yeah, so just... The faithfulness of God in uh, in in just being there and um, and stepping into situations when we're desperate mm. and there were so many more situations would take a lifetime <laughs> not quite lifetime but there is a, a lot of other situations where uh, where I just saw God's miraculous hand in mm. some ways uh, to to really rescue me out of situations just the fact that god is not just um someone who wants us to obey rules but he's uh who he's a good father mm-hmm. um and jesus is a good friend and mm. um and cares for us fantastic yeah. fantastic and so i guess one of my questions for you annie is um i, I mean it's been fascinating listening to your story again just reminding myself of it all these years later um how can um you obviously went through that you talked a little bit about christian community how can um how do we help someone who has been diagnosed with cancer if we don't have cancer if we stand on the outside it like knowing what to say or what to do it Everyone sort of goes into a cold sweat about it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, how do we do that? So, you, 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 I mean, you shared some of the stories there, but how can people help people that have been diagnosed with cancer? That's a good question. I think, um, I think there are so many different ways, and every person is different. And that's why I think is uh, the best thing is to actually ask 
ask how they might want to be supported, mm. uh, what they would appreciate. Would they appreciate someone to visit? Would they appreciate a lift? Um, you know, those kind of things, have conversations. But also I think um, – so there's a number of things like practical things. I think meal rotors would be fantastic. Mm -hmm. Giving a lift or coming some, uh, coming alongside someone to go with them to, a, um, to appointments if they don't have someone to go with them. Um, but ask, obviously, mm. what, what are their, their specific needs? Some people, um, with COVID now, it's obviously, it's, it's throws in a whole another dimension. Mm. And, uh, so, you know, Public transport isn't the best way of getting to hospital and, and, and cab fares can be very expensive. So to just offer someone, you know, mm. to pay for their, their cab fares for a couple of times or something like that or, or, or give them uh, a nice day out or go wig shopping or, you know, a hat or do something nice. And, mm -hmm. and I guess uh, the other uh, just practical thing is um, – you know, in hospital, you know, you need more if, if, if you're for any time there for, you know, the, there's, there's pajamas that are needed, think, mm. different things like that. Um, but I think just words of encouragement, cards, mm -hmm. um, one thing that somebody did for me when, because I used to work in the hospital, uh, in, in, in the prison and, um, they got the, one of the chaplains got, all the colleagues and, and prisoners to write things, um, to me, what, you know, what I meant mm, to them. Mm. And somebody painted this lovely picture and, uh, and they sent it to me as a package and it was fantastic. Oh, wow. It really made such a difference. Mm. So I think there are so many creative ways of, of mm. helping someone, um, uh, which with physical needs, but also to look out for them. If, if they are, Christians who are coming to a church service, they might be really quite insecure mm. when they're, um, you know, when they're in that phase and might not want to be in public spaces. At the moment, it's even more difficult with the COVID mm. uh, situation where, where people are at risk of infection and obviously the immune system is, is compromised when mm. somebody has cancer. So just navigating that in a sensitive, sensitive way is, is really important, mm. I think. Uh, but maybe if if they do come to church and they want to be in church, um, to to ask them if they want someone to come in with them or mm -hmm. to sit with them, um, and not always just to ask about mm -hmm. how the how the chemo is going or how this is going, but actually sharing your own life with mm -hmm. your own kind of situations, life problems with, with the person. Because mm -hmm. I think sometimes it can become so inward focused that it's unhealthy for a person to really yeah. just dwell on, on, uh, on what's going on in their own life. It's really helpful sometimes to hear, Oh, someone else's problems, yeah, yeah. someone else's issues. And, and that really can refocus you and, and, uh, it, it's helpful. Yeah, no, I, uh, I remember the, the, the time you went down for the surgery and I came down to visit. My whole purpose that day, I mean, obviously you were in surgery. There's not a lot I could do to help you. Um, uh, you wouldn't want me in the surgery. Um, <laughs> but I, I thought, you know what, I, I need to take Tony out. We just need to go and have a laugh, uh, yeah. do you know what I mean, and just be just be a bit crazy for a day, which we did. And we had, as odd as it sounds, that just that joy, that laughter in that for those few hours, I think – 
whatever it takes, just just get involved. Now, obviously, one of the things that you can do um, is pray for people. Yeah. You talk a lot about prayer um, and you obviously did a lot of prayer and read the Bible for yourself. But in terms of if I am praying for you, you've got cancer. What what sort of what sort of uh, prayers could I pray? What would be helpful, do you think? How can I pray, I suppose, is a, is a, is a good question. Mm. Well, I, I, I think, you know, that there's different things. Obviously, there's the emotional and uh, uh, aspects to really pray about, um, to pray scripture um, that, that is encouraging, that speaks about life. Uh, over a person is also mm. very helpful, but also about their mental health at that point, because mm. it is, uh, it's a battle of the mind at times, um, to stay focused, to have, uh, the will to get up in the morning, to do something in, during the day mm. and to do something, uh, if one is well enough, uh, that is. Mm. Um, and so those are things to pray about. Obviously the chemotherapy that the side effects wouldn't be as, as bad as they could be, mm. um, that the, you know, that the surgery would, uh, would go well, that there wouldn't be complications, um, that the, the, um, kind of team that actually deals with the patient would, would communicate well. So the mm. surgeons, the oncologists, the radiologists and the nurses team, that they all communicate well so mm. that the care is really well done. Mm. Um, and also that there is people around for the person to to really open up to speak about how they're feeling how yeah. they're doing um and uh yeah there there's so many aspects you can yeah, yeah. For, that's but, very helpful uh, but i think uh the infection as well as that's a very serious one mm. that they wouldn't contract any infections um and and if they do then obviously um because one of the things uh, that I've experienced was once um, I developed a fever, but I wasn't feeling unwell and I wouldn't have gone to hospital. But Tony noticed how, how hot my mm. head was and he immediately got me to hospital. And it was actually very, very important. Mm. So those kind of things are just, you know, that's a practical thing. It's not to pray about, but, uh, but obviously to pray that there wouldn't be yeah. infections. Yeah. Did you find it helpful when people came and prayed with you? I did uh, at times. <laughs> Not all the time. I, for, that's actually an, a really good question, Matt, because one of the things I think when, because I'm the wife of a pastor, so, and I did go to Sunday services every Sunday, mm. uh, I, apart from when I was in hospital. And people wanted to always pray for me when there was any kind of opportunity to pray for healing. Everybody looked kind of at me and I knew it. And and I didn't always want that. Mm. You know, I, I mean, I love prayer and I want people to pray for me. But there was other people that need mm. prayer. <laughs> and, uh, and in hospital as well, um, I was too exhausted at times. And when I had a number of visitors there was one time there were several visitors and they were all lovely people and they they all wanted to pray for me and one person i know she likes to pray very long prayers <laughs> and it was just too much and i just said yeah you can pray for me but make it a short one <laughs> so, <laughs> be quick so, thank know, you jesus amen 
Sorry? A thank you, Jesus, amen prayer, really. Yeah, kind of, you know, but because, you know, there are different times. And I think, you know, again, talk, ask the person. Mm. Be sensitive. And very often people are so polite and they say, yes, yes, of Mm. course you can. But, you know, I'm German. I'm not always as A bit more straight talking, Annie, is, is probably the right phrase. Um, and that's, I think that's really interesting because one of the things I've noticed when people pray for people who are sick, especially, is that if I'm well and I'm praying for someone sick, then, then the person that's sick not only can feel, you know, thank you for praying for me, but sometimes can feel the weight of my personal expectation on them to get better. Yes. And it's like, hang on, I've prayed for you to get better. Why are you not walking away healed? And so the person who's not well is then kind of feeling the whole weight of that right yeah. did that did that happen to you oh yes and and actually there were there were um some well there was a member of the church who who every time she kind of uh saw me when i came in she made you, you know she would feel differently if i looked worse mm-hmm. you know if i if i didn't look good then uh, then she thought her prayers hadn't worked mm. and so and and i knew that you know and it it was hard it was difficult yeah. um and and sometimes church church is a wonderful thing and it's a very supportive community but i think when you go through long term illness um, it's really helpful when somebody can say something from the front. Mm. So in my, our church is a very community focused church. We, we love to talk to each other after the service. Not every church is like that, but, mm. um, but so people would ask me lots of questions after a service and then I might repeat myself so many times. Mm. And that's really exhausting and reinforces the fact that mm. I was ill. So, at some point, I asked Tony to say something from the front to just say to uh, from the front, please don't ask Annie how she's doing. If she mm. wants to talk to you about that, then she will mm. do that mm. on her own accord, mm. you know. And so I think that's quite helpful sometimes mm. because, you know, the amount of people in a church depends also if it's a big church or a mm. smaller church can can make that a bit overwhelming. Mm. So it's it's helpful, I think, to yeah. manage that process well. That's really interesting because what what potentially is a good thing, you know, people being genuine uh, can actually not be helpful. And this comes back to the whole point again about being sensitive, doesn't it? Um, Annie, listen, I, it's been great. Thank you so much for for sharing your story. Uh, I, and um, I, I appreciate you doing that. And I know it's not always easy to to, to relive some of these these times. But um, yeah. I think you know people will, will watch this and, and maybe struggling with the same thing. Um, mm. As we close out, is there anything that if maybe someone is watching this that has cancer, what would you say to them? Yeah, I I think I would say um, put your hope in a God who really cares for you. Um, he cares and uh, he knows what you're going through and he can help you. Please pray to him and and read his word. Um, and I, I'm sure that will be of help. Uh, it, there is no magic formula, but, uh, but God is, is a personable God. And uh, reach out to him and he will reach out to you. He's a God who's with us, God Emmanuel. Awesome. And on that bombshell, Annie, thank you so much. Yeah, 
wonderful to be with you. Thank you, Matt, for asking. And uh, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks. So there you have it. What a phenomenal story. A huge thanks again to Annie for joining me uh, in that conversation. And it's such a legend. Now, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from because we have more great stories about faith and courage from everyday people lined up. And I don't want you to miss any of them. I really, really don't. And make sure you also subscribe to the Crowd Church live stream. Come and say hi, come join in the comments. It'd be great to see you there. We live stream every Sunday, 6 p.m. UK time. And if you want to know what time that is for you, if you live outside the UK, there is a handy little link on our website at www.crowd.church where it will convert it to your local time. So do come and join us. Now, in case no one has told you today, you, my friends, are awesome. Utterly, utterly awesome. Yes, you are. It's just a burden we all have to bear. Uh, It's just the way God made us, fearfully and wonderfully made, which translate means awesome. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Now, What's the Story is produced by Crowd Church. Uh, You can find our entire archive of episodes on your favorite podcast app or on our website for free. The team that makes this show possible is Sadaf Bainon, George McQuaig, Estella Robin, and Tim Johnson. Our theme song is written by the incredible Josh Edmondson. And if you would like to read the transcript or show notes, they are also available on our website, www.crowd.church, where coincidentally, you can sign up for the newsletter, find out about the live streams and all that good stuff, right? So that's it from me. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week. I will see you next time. Bye for now.